Look who's back. Sergeant MVP has joined us tonight. What'd you think of that little ditty there, Mr. Brown? I loved it. That's brand new. That's awesome. Loved it. Br- brand spanking new. Yeah. Little little dead shimbacklers there on a Sunday night to wake everybody up. I think that's exactly what uh, Buckeye Nation needs. Uh, I am Buckeye Boggs. That man over there, that's the wild man, Chris Wilds. That man down there, that's Sergeant MVP with a brand new spanking microphone. Sounded all good and beautiful for everybody. And the guy below me is JR. And here very shortly, we're going to bring on our special guest who's waiting. He's waiting in the wings for us to bring him on. Uh, Frank Taraka, sports writer uh, for both the Cleveland Browns and your Ohio State Buckeyes. Don't know how much we're going to talk about Cleveland tonight there Chris that's your warning shot there uh, but uh, we will do our best effort uh, and uh, have a good show tonight guys now before we do anything before I bring Frank on here guys tonight we got to do uh, let everybody know we are live tonight on Facebook YouTube Twitter and Rumble so if you're watching from any of those platforms uh, if you want to comment you're gonna have to watch us on Facebook or YouTube. Those are the two where we can see the comments from. And we prefer, if you would, to watch us on YouTube because then you can give us what's called a super chat. And that's always nice. We appreciate that. Guys, we are the official podcast of Fansided and Scarlet and Game. Go over to scarletandgame.com. Check out great articles written by myself and our guest tonight, Frank. Uh, He writes some amazing articles, has really awesome articles about recruiting going on as we speak. You can go over there, read those. And when news drops about us possibly losing our new OC, we'll have that covered for all of you as well. Because that, my friends, is something that is real and could happen very soon. Like we're talking like maybe um, tonight, actually, believe it or not. So without any further ado, let us bring on Frank from Scarlet and Game. Frank, how you doing tonight, my friend? Good. How about you guys? We are doing good. You know, it's hard not to be doing good when Ohio State has had the month of January that they have had, man. Um, give us your initial reaction uh, of what has happened as you've been following this team and reporting on it over the past uh, month or so here now. Of Ever since that loss in the Cotton Bowl, it seems like Ryan Day has gone scorched earth on the college football landscape. It's been amazing, right? This is what we've wanted to see. For the last couple of years out of Ryan Day, but it sounds like now that NILs, you know, with 1870 Society coming into fruition and Ryan Day really, you know, taking a spearhead with with NIL, you know, I think that's really helped a ton in regards to uh, recruiting and bringing in portal players. I think 1870 Society deserves the bulk of the credit and the Ohio State administration for being able to link the two together and come up with something that's collaborative and organized. Yeah, it de- it's definitely organized now and and all moving in the same direction. And what's really encouraging from a fan perspective is to see now that everything's moving in the right direction, you can see the full power that is this program and what it can do on a national landscape when it comes to recruiting, player retention, and now the transfer portal, given the NIL standard. There's a lot of things happening behind the scenes in college football. JR and I are going to probably have to do a video about everything that's happening uh, in the ACC and and the Big Ten and the uh, SEC kind of getting together and saying, um, NCAA, we got this. We'll handle this from here on out. That's going to be coming. But tonight is going to be talking a little bit about what might be happening. JR, I'm going to let you introduce for everybody what might be going on. We're getting rumblings that there's something going on over at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center tonight. Yeah, so essentially what's going on is Boston College obviously has uh, lost their head coach in Jeff Halfley. Uh, that happened, what, like less than a week ago uh, or something like yeah. that. But anyway, this past week. Um, yeah, this past week. So uh, anyway, they are looking for their current replacement right now. The three options that Boston College's insiders, news media, whoever you want to call them, are putting out there are 
Paul Christ, Al Washington, and also uh, Bill O'Brien, the new offensive coordinator for Ohio State. Now, uh, Buckeye Scoop is on right now, I believe, but I was listening to them for a minute before we came on here. They are talking about that Bill O'Brien wants to take the job, has cleaned out his office, has said that uh, essentially if they offer him the job, he is gone. Uh, I've not heard it personally to that degree, uh, but you know, I also don't run a Buckeye Insider website or anything, so they may have more information than me. That would not be surprising. Uh, but also what is being discussed is that Al Washington is also a uh, formidable opponent for that job as well. <clears throat> now, if you are thinking that, you know, why would Bill O'Brien go from Ohio State? To Boston College. I don't like to speculate on this too much just because I do think a lot of it is speculation, but Bo uh, Bill O'Brien is from Boston. He does currently live there or his family lives there, uh, and apparently his sick son, who is in his early 20s, I believe, um, he was born with um, a kind of illness that requires constant medical attention and care, and the best doctor, apparently, uh, the best doctor for that care is up in Boston. Again, I'm not going to speculate much on that just because it's another man's family. I wouldn't want people to speculate on my family. So, uh, but that is kind of the rumbling or the rumor out there that is leading Bill O'Brien to possibly uh, consider this Boston College job what he would rather be doing rather than the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. I can't say that it's the best doctor for that illness, but it is their doctor. Or their doctor, yeah. I, I will that that's obvious. He's lived in Boston the last couple of years as the OC for for New England. As this news is breaking, Chris, Aaron, I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys. Get your response. What's your initial reaction from this? I, I'll be honest. I can't fault the man. No, I, no, I can't, I can't do it. Can't go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, you, Chris, then no, Aaron. I, I can't really fault the guy either. I mean, he does have. Proven success as a head coach. It's the area where he was from. Uh, just like, like you said, there's a lot of personal uh, – I guess he's got a, a personal stake in the area. It makes good sense. And, and given his success in the past as a head coach, I mean, let's face it. This guy's the guy who you know brought Penn State's football program back off life, uh, life support. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's a good fit. I think it's a smart move for Bill O'Brien. I think it's a good move for Boston College. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if it happens. Uh, I'm not going to begrudge the guy if it happens. Uh, I mean, let's face it. He wasn't my first choice when we talked to offensive coordinators anyhow. Right. It took me a while to get used to the idea of, of him having that position, but it did kind of grow on me once I calmed down and thought about it a little bit. Uh, so I will be a little bit sad uh, to see – a little bit of instability there. My biggest concern is what happens to these guys who followed him up here from Alabama. So yeah. that's kind of really, where my concern lies. Really, really only I, I would think it's only Julian Sane though, the quarterback. Would he follow him to Boston college? I don't think I would have to think probably not unless there's a heck of a package on the table. And I don't think Boston College NIL is even close to what Ohio State is. No. You know, you wouldn't um, be. Yeah, couldn't be. Um, Jr., what were you going to say? He that he couldn't. I don't think so because I think you have to. You can only transfer once unless you're a graduate transfer. You have to at least wait a year, right? Like, I, think, I don't think I you think... can transfer in back-to-back -back years unless it's a graduate transfer. That's a good one. We might have to look that up. That's a good one. Aaron, go for it. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, you, I mean, I can't really fault him, you know, if, if if my kids were sick or if just one of them is sick, doesn't matter. And that's where the specialty care was, and that's the doctor we selected. Yeah, I'm going to stay right. I'm going to stay put. I'm going to stay right there at home. And I, I cannot fault him or his family or Boston College for doing that at all. I think it's it's fair to say we're all family men here. And we're going to we're going to make that decision. We're all going to make that decision. Best care for our for our family. Uh um, as far as like what Chris said, I think that was my thoughts as well, uh, because, I mean, there was a whole article written about I think it might have been 11 Warriors. that was talking about how these new offensive players are all excited to learn and develop under Bill O'Brien. And now that he's gone, 
what does that look like? Maybe they're stuck here for at least a year, but do they pull a Quinn Ewers? You know, um, is it likely that they go to to Boston College? I don't know. Bill O'Brien going up there, I would like to think there would have to be some kind of financial backing to at least pull a lot of players up that way. I mean, look at what Rutgers was able to do in Boston College is bigger than they are. So, I mean, I think they might be able to pull something off. Is it Ohio State money? No, but they might be able to do a little something, get some guys up there that, that want to play under Bill O'Brien. You know, I'm I'm going to read uh, Larry Daniels' comment, and I think that the, a, a lot of Ohio State fans feel this way. I certainly wish him well either way. I, I really do. If he wants to stay, and I'm on board with this, awesome. If he wants to go because he's like, my family's there, my children's there, my child who has special needs is there, and that's where his doctor is. I'm not going to fault the man at all. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to salute him and say, "I've got your back." That's that's a good move, Frank. Your thoughts on this, my friend? Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better than that. You know, um, I have a kid who's got special needs, and if there was a chance that you know this guy's he's comfortable with this doctor in in Boston, I God bless you know. Do what you got to do. Um, we'll find somebody else to, to take the reins, and we'll be all right. So we're going to do what they tell you not to do. We're going to speculate that he does leave, and we're going to say, who does who should the next guy be? Because that's who we are here at the OHIO Podcast. We're speculators. Um, Chris, Chris is actually wearing his speculators, if you can see that. Terrible dad joke. There you go. First one tonight. All right. Hey, they're not speculators. They're Connors. Oh, my bad. Okay. Connors. Connors. Ah, I get it. All right. So I, I wrote down, I actually wrote down three names, but I've got one circle that I'm, I'm very hopeful for. Okay. Now, the first one, and the one that probably makes the most sense still, is Jason Candle, the head coach here in the state of Ohio at Toledo. We have the OC from Buffalo. His name has slipped my mind. Uh, I didn't write his name down. He was the the, uh, quarterback's coach and the play caller LSU. Joe Um, Brady. Joe Brady. Thank you. There you go. I will write it down now. Joe Brady. Um. And then the guy that there's a lot of buzz about, Chip Kelly. Apparently, Chip Kelly wants out of UCLA. He he actually uh, apparently reportedly uh, interviewed for a couple NFL jobs. Didn't get them. I don't blame the NFL for not going back to that to that well. That was an experiment that didn't go so well in Philadelphia and San Francisco. He has that relationship with Ryan Day. I believe Ryan Day played under Chip Kelly or at least coached with him when he was first getting in the business uh, and there in the Northeast at, uh, was it New Hampshire? Yep. I believe. Yep. And there's definitely a relationship there. Reportedly, he's asking for three and a half million dollars to leave. I cannot see Ohio State dishing out three and a half million. I'd rather give that to a player. Yeah. Really? Do tell, Chris. You, you, you're you All right. Give me your reasoning why. I, I just don't think that you can justify that for an assistant coach. Not even as a coordinator? Not even as a coordinator. I don't think you can justify that. I mean, yes, he's got head coaching experience. Yes, he is. He would be Ryan Day's security blanket. No doubt about it. I don't know. And he does make sense from the standpoint that, okay, uh, you know, the guy is an offensive wizard. He has called plays before. He's at the age where. I'm writing that down. Chris says Chip Kelly is an offensive wizard. With the sleeves and all. And. (laughs) He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm just going to move on. He said, you know what? Never mind. Just pay him the money. No, no I still I still don't think he's worth the money. Uh, you know, even though he's a good fit as far as ha- being at the age where 
He's not going to be looking necessarily to stick around real long. He would be a good one to bring in and teach Hartline how to call plays. I just don't think you can justify it. I really don't. Um, I, I would rather see that money given to a, a player to secure somebody who's actually going to perform on the field. Now I can't get I can't get the picture of my head of Chip Kelly walking in over at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center with a staff and a long beard and thou shall not pass. <laughs> and they're like, what? We're going to run the football the whole time? What? <laughs> All uh, right. Chip Kelly, Aaron, what do you think, buddy? I don't know. I I, I think that it would be a good move. Um, however, I think that Cliff Kingsbury is still out there. I don't know how that might look. Does he fit into this? I don't know. I understand. I understand. But he does have a track record for success. And honestly, I would take him over Joe Brady. Really? Can, Personally, can I, I think name? I would. Can I throw a name out there from the NFL as long as uh, Aaron's throwing in some NFL names out there? Send it. What about Eric Bieniemy? Yeah, he ain't coming to Columbus. If that's that guy, I mean, he's a guy who's looking to get you know. <clears throat> one of his big things, he 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 was under Andy Reid. He's so he's never really truly been a play caller. Um. And I think he's looking for that opportunity. That's his biggest knock in the NFL. Why he hasn't gotten a head, head coaching job is because he's not been a true play caller. Okay. So first so, off, yeah, I got to I got to respond to this guy. You guys, we can't spend nil money on coaches. Well, that's, yeah. that's not other, how this works. <laughs> the other side to it too is is like if three and a half million for Chip Kelly is too much, Eric Bieniemy is going to be a little bit more than that. You think? Is he though? I do. I do think I don't that. Think so. He's a hot name. JR, you're up. Go for it, buddy. Um, I mean, I like the options that were discussed beforehand. I like Jason Candle. Uh, obviously, I think Joe Brady would be good, but he's obviously, you know, in the NFL and probably going to be, I don't know if he even was announced yet or not, the, the Bills offensive coordinator um, for next season or whatever. So I feel like all these offensive coordinators in the NFL who are currently established are, are probably um, – a bit of wishful thinking. I think one of the reasons why we got Bill O'Brien was because he was he was out from New England because of the Bill Belichick um, firing or retirement or whatever that was. I don't know exactly what it was, but um, but I, I'd be happy with a Jason Candle. I'd be happy with um, you know if Paul Christ doesn't get the job and Paul Christ wanted to be the offensive coordinator. I'd be happy with that too. Um, I know, I know you're looking at me like that, but Kevin Wilson came from Indiana and he was very good. So yeah, but he was creative. He was, he was, but I think Paul Chris would call a better running game than Ryan days. Ryan. Yeah, Day I was going to say, he, he knows how to call, you know, both off tackle and, inside runs but that's i'll give you the, that <laughs> but, but that's not the offensive line that we run okay no um, right no if you take if you take neapolitan ice cream and you remove the strawberry and the chocolate you're left with paul christ guys i still say andy ludwig <laughs> should be a viable candidate i really do mark that tag that <laughs> send that over to wisconsin for all i care that's a true statement all right frank you need to you need to get us straight here man please help us out buddy what 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 does ryan day need to do if this oc job opens up my friend you know in all likelihood it's it's jason candle right i think he came in second uh to bill o'brien here all the rumors were that ryan day really likes him um, but I'm going to throw another name at you guys. Um, what do you think of Joe Moorhead, head coach at Akron right now? Yeah. He's, he reminds me a lot of Bill O'Brien, right? Um, called plays for Penn State, Oregon. He beat us in you know uh, 2021 at Oregon. Um, I think he'd be a, a nice addition. And I think things aren't going so well down in Akron for him right now, and he might be willing to – go down I-71 and make a change and compete for a national title. That's a good one. That is a good one. I'm okay with that. I yeah, remember yeah. him running the same play over to the left side of our defense mm -hmm. about four times, and we were like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, um, the exact same play. Please don't remind yeah. me of that. 
Gosh. Hey, if it's working, Aaron, you really enjoyed breaking that film down, didn't you? Uh, well, it made my <laughs> it made my day really easy. I'll say that. <laughs> look, they did the same thing at Ohio State with a different look. Still couldn't stop it. That's magic. All right, no, <laughs> let, let let me answer this because this is a great point that Brian Oberst brings up. Wouldn't that be be a big demotion for Chip Kelly? No. It wouldn't. You have to ask yourself, where is Chip Kelly at in his career? All right. If you look at Chip Kelly's coaching tree, right? Ryan Day has got to be the the biggest, best part of that coaching tree, right? I mean, he's coached at Ohio State. Um, he has one of the best winning percentages in college football history for a new coach. All right. Yes, we understand he took over a program that uh, was humming. All right, and was going well, and 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 he's he's done he's done it at no no no. I guess he's lost to Michigan three straight years in a row, Chris, but he hasn't completely. The program has not fallen apart in, in shambles, and this offseason has proven that this man knows how to stink and recruit when he's got financial backing. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. What I can see, I can see Chip Kelly. Let me finish my point, and then yep. I'll let you let you. Tear it apart, Chris. No. I think when we went back, and you and I argued a lot for a long time, and I think you eventually saw how how, um, important Kevin Wilson was to Ryan Day as a play caller. If Chip Kelly comes, not necessarily to call plays, but to be the eyes in the sky for Ryan Day, I love the move. I was not sold on Bob, as we're calling him, Bill O'Brien, being that guy for Ryan Day. And it sounded like Ryan Day was willing to turn over the offense to him, right? Answer this question for me. What changes did Bill O'Brien make as offensive coordinator to this coaching staff? None. None. He was only here for 36 hours, Eric. How many could he make? I was going to say, what that's do you want him to do? Enough, <laughs> that's long enough to watch the film and know that our offensive line sucks. You, you know what? Here's the thing, and that's a good point you bring up. Let's bring in another one of Ryan Day's friends that he won't get rid of if things start going south. <clears throat> what Check is me. this? Does Eric Boggs have a Cleveland Brown-themed mic? No, I was going to say like a circus themed. Maybe it looks like a clown nose, but <laughs> honk. <laughs> yeah. I, don't you guys agree, though? Like if you're going to go with the Kevin Wilson experiment again, I want it to be Chip Kelly. He's going to speak. He's going to speak the language that Ryan Day speaks. They're, Ryan Day's offense is born out of the philosophy of Chip Kelly. To me, it makes perfect sense. Frank, what do you think, my man? Yeah, I mean, you make a lot of good points there. Um, at this point, late in the game a little bit, you know, we're, we're in February. Spring ball is right around the corner. Um, you know, it might be the best decision to, to have somebody that speaks the language. Actually, this, this we're going to experiment with the OC position. This I is, gotta be honest. This is I a really, this is I, a funny comment, Russ. You got me on this one. Thirty six hours, fire everyone, then leave. Oh, that's okay, <laughs> touche. Good point. Go for it, Jr. I I I would be very very upset if Chip Kelly becomes the offensive coordinator. I think it would be a bad move. I think that he is Ryan Day's mentor. And I don't know if you guys have ever had like a mentor in your field or something like that, but imagine trying to be your mentor's boss. I mean, it's not easy. It doesn't really work. Um, And on top of that, he hates recruiting. He's talked about how he doesn't like the transfer portal. He's not really a fan of NIL. It seems like, I mean, let's be honest here. The one of the most important parts of being a coach at Ohio state (laughs) is being able to recruit and bring in, Good talent. Jim Knowles has been able to be an okay recruiter and be able to land guys in the end, uh, even though he's never been a good recruiter um, 
anywhere he's been. He's he obviously has a very good recruiting staff around him. But I think it's easier for Ryan Day to tell him, you know, hey, buddy, go out there and recruit when he's his defensive coordinator and not his mentor. You know what I'm saying? Like, Dylan. <laughs> um, got the Purdue guys in here. Maybe yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. But, but, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if he can't – I like Chris's point. If, if he can't even get Justin Fry to do what he wants him to do, his buddy, he's not going to get his mentor, you know – Chip Kelly to do what he wants to do, especially if he's lacking in recruiting in, in these different areas. I think it's too close to home. I think it's like hiring family. I don't like it. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's good to go outside so, you know, so the iron sharpened iron. You know, I, I get that. Um, you, you make a good point. But, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, the understudy, you know, coming in and, and taking over for the, you know, being the boss of the mentor. It works for this guy's favorite wrestler. Stone Cold came in and kind of said, "Hey, what's up?" You know, just saying. He took yeah. it over, which he brings did. me to my which, which brings me to my point of go for it. Is there too many chefs in the kitchen if that happens? You know what I mean? Does 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 Ryan Day have the wheelbarrow to tell his mentor, "Hey, this is my program. We're going to run it the way I want to." Does Chip Kelly follow suit? Does he open up his mind to the transfer portal and everything that comes with it, NIL, all the things that he's already said he doesn't like? Uh, I mean, I don't know that Bill O'Brien necessarily, you know, with his head coaching experience in the NFL and college, does he have the ability, even if he does stay, does he have the ability to just simply, I guess, follow suit if of what Ryan Day says? Or is Ryan Day saying, hey, you're the head coach of the offense, have at it, and he's just hands off a la John Cooper, you know, what does that look like? Too many chefs in the kitchen. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, and, and here's the thing. He does need to have his hands off. I thought that was the whole point of this was so he could get to be in the, the, you know, the head guy, the man in charge of the team and let the offensive head coach and defensive head coaches run their systems. Yes, but he still has to have a, the final say. He does, you know? and that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Uh, if he's still calling the plays, what's the purpose in hiring an offensive coordinator? I get what you're saying, but it has to be his philosophy, and then are they executing Agreed. his philosophy? You know what I mean? So I, I get what you're saying, and you're right, but I just want to make sure that this isn't a situation where he's just completely – just hands free of the situation and these guys are just running running free and there's no communication back and forth because that's how right. you have all of this talent and then it falls apart right see this is interesting to me because we are now having the debate once again we've gone full circle and we're having the debate that we had months ago about whether or not ryan day should turn over play calling duties right that's, the, that's what the debate is. There's no and debate. It's a year ago. There is a debate. Over. There is a debate. He should have turned over a year ago. To who? Brian Hartline care. wasn't ready to call plays, bro. He should have done it with and Kevin Wilson. If he's Wilson. not ready, don't make him the offensive yes. coordinator. Kevin Wilson should have been. I agree with Frank. I think he had the right guy in in yeah. building. I mean, six years on staff. <clears throat> he He's one of the better play callers in all of college football before he – Went to Indiana. I mean, he would have been perfect. Yeah, hundred percent. He was creative. He knew the staff. He knew everything about this program. He would have been the home run. They should have definitely handed it over to him at the, when they had the chance. Okay, so if we agree, he needs to call. He needs to hire someone to be the head coach of the offense. That's what we were talking about months ago, right? He needs to find his Jim Knowles of the defense on the offense and be hands off and allow the OC to be the head coach of the offense. He, was Bill O'Brien that guy? Yes or no, Chris? I think from the standpoint of, did he have the ability to do it? Yes. Okay. Frank, yes or no? Was Bill O'Brien that guy, the head coach of the offense? I agree with Chris. Yes, he had the ability. He could have got it done. JR? Yes. Aaron? Yep. I'm the only no here. You don't think he would have taken control of that? I don't know that I don't know that Ryan Day was going to let him. 
Let me tell you. Therein lies the problem. It's not a Bill O'Brien problem. It's a Ryan Day problem. Right. And I'll tell you, I think that he was the man for the job because with the new clock system in play in college football, it's much closer to the NFL. And with him coming directly from it, he knows how to play to make play calls based on clock management. And those two things are very synonymous with how this game is played. We've, we've talked about chess and checkers and, and how player or how coaches call their plays and things like that. That's why I say Bill Bryan would have been the man for it. Uh, Bobby McCormick, uh, y'all saying was, did he go to BC that not, it has not been reported yet, Bobby, a hundred percent that he has left. However, there is a lot of noise and rumors going on that he told Ryan Day, if I get offered the position, I am going. And I posted a video on our Facebook page earlier today of when he was the head coach in Texas about his young boy who's now 21 and the the illness that he has and the physical needs that are being met in Boston from their family physician and, and, and the – the a doctor who is taking care of this young boy's needs and if that position were to open up for him how it would make sense for him and his family based off his child's needs to be there and we all agreed that that is where he should go and needs to go if that position is offered to him so we're at a place now where i've got to ask the question did ryan day mess this up if he leaves for Boston College, did Ryan Day mess this up? Chris, yes or no? No, because I don't think it was something that could have been foreseen happening this quick. I don't Frank? think that he, he saw Halfley leaving in this position coming open. Frank? That's it right there. Halfley screwed Ohio State twice over, right? Leaving <laughs> after one year Love it. as D.C., and then he did it again now. But – um. No, I mean, how could you foresee this? It's impossible. JR, I got, I can't wait to show this one to you guys. <laughs> uh, I mean, same thing like you guys were saying earlier. Do we blame him for leaving? No. Did we know this position was going to be open? No. Did he know this position was going to be open? No. Ryan Day made the best possible hire he could. And if he leaves, it's most likely for some kind of family reason. And none of us are going to scold him for that. So none of us should scold Ryan Day for that. Aaron, I agree with Jr. 100%, word for word. All right. I'm looking up real fast <clears throat> something because this comment was saw someone we've mentioned. Bring back Kevin Wilson. Uh, Kevin Wilson's contract at Ohio State when he left was for $1.4 million. I do not know what his contract is at Tulsa currently as the head coach there. Let's say they offer him two and a half to come back to be the head coach of the offense. Would you do that, Chris? I think it – I want to say yes. However, I would like to see him calling the plays if they're going to do it. Frank? Yeah, I agree with Chris there. Um, but he was pretty adamant that he wanted another stab at taking over a program, so I, I doubt he does it. But $2.5 who knows? JR, same. Aaron? I would accept it. I would accept it. And this is just me coming from, like, the whole, like I was talking about earlier, I want that NFL coach because the play calling is strategized with the time. Why do you think the Patriots dynasty was so good? They understood about that play calling, and they had the ability to make that happen. We have the ability to make that happen. And I'm not saying college coaches are just completely unable to understand time, but what we got? Bring in Urban Meyer. That'll never happen. Sorry. No well, way. Eric, 2.55 million is what he's making at Tulsa. 2.55 million? Huh. Uh, you, know, you know what Ohio State has other than just 2.55 million that they could yes. offer? Toby Wilson. He was, was, was 16 years. His son. Yeah. Toby Wilson's on this team. That's his boy. Yeah. But he's, he's six years, 15.3 million. Six years, huh? Uh, yes. He ain't going to get six years. I mean, this is, this is a 
one go thing. All right, last question on this before we move on. Bill Belichick R- has free time. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Day calls you up tomorrow morning, Chris. Then Frank Jr. Aaron, he's gonna call you guys up tomorrow morning, and he's like, "I need help. I need, I need to, I need to know from you who should be the hire. Who do I need to call first to offer this position?" Chris, who who are you gonna tell Ryan Day he should call? I think Jason Candle's the best fit. Frank? I like Joe Moorhead. I mean, I know I just suggested him, but I, I like his resume, and I think he's got a lot of what Bill O'Brien had in him. So that would be my pick. JR? Like I said earlier, I'm fine with either Jason Candle or Paul Christ. I know you guys think I'm crazy, but I'd be fine with either one. <sighs> Paul Christ. Gosh. I, he would show up it to that interview. He even said that, Eric. He he would yeah. show up to that interview wearing a complete khaki suit. Is what that guy would show up to the interview in. I don't care what <laughs> what he's wearing. Suit. If he gets touchdowns, it's all I care about. <laughs> all right, Aaron, go for it. First of all, if uh, Ryan Day called me, I'd crap my pants. Secondly, um. <laughs> I'm with Frank. I think I like uh, Joe Moorhead. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think I like that one better. Or right. I, and I'm don't get me wrong. I'm okay with Jason Candle, but Joe Moorhead would be for me. Uh, Joe Brady for me. I think you he's he won a national championship as a play caller. I think you got to give that guy the opportunity to do that. Um, so that would be the guy I would go for. Uh, absolutely. Um. JR, do you have how much more time you got? About five, ten minutes. Okay. Five, like ten. I've got I've got time to to do this then. Yeah. Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel has free time, but he is not an offensive coordinator. Okay. We understand that. Understand that. But do you believe Mike Vrabel is currently waiting? just like one Urban Meyer did after Florida to see what happens at Ohio State in this one season. Aaron, I'll start with you. We'll go around. Is Mike Rabel waiting for the head coaching job at Ohio State if things fall apart this season? Well, I think that's a difficult question. Um, If I'm not mistaken, he has interviewed for other positions in the NFL. Uh, I think he may have, I think he interviewed with the Seahawks. Um, And, you know, I understand these coaches go through interview, they go through that process. I wouldn't be surprised if he is waiting in the wings for Ohio State to see what happens with Ryan Day. But by the same token, why would you sit out a whole year when you have all of that opportunity in the NFL as well? Urban Meyer at the time was strictly a college football coach. He, He did not flirt really with the NFL. I know he talked about uh, coaching the Cowboys or something, but still strictly college at that point. He didn't have both levels that he could go to. So I think that it's fair to assume that he could be waiting, but I don't want to say for sure because I don't know that. Hey, Aaron, you're right. He didn't flirt with the NFL. He didn't flirt until he got into the NFL. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up yeah absolutely jr what do you think man what's Rabel? <laughs> is Rabel waiting a year no i guys i think Rabel's gone he he did he did his time at ohio state he enjoyed coaching the defensive line it's been in the nfl for what like 10 years now or something last time he was at ohio state was 2013 he went to houston and he was actually uh bill o'brien for a little while so that was kind of funny but um then he was at Tennessee. He's interviewing for jobs in the NFL. Uh, I think we just, as a fan base, we need to just drop Mike Rabel at all and just say he's doing his own thing with the NFL. He's not really interested in college. I don't think so. Frank, what do you think? Is we, are we getting an urban urban two-step here? I agree with JR. I don't think he has any interest in coming back to college, even though I think he would be a home run in college football. I think he's got – really good recruiting abilities, even though he doesn't want to do it. Um, he's got a lot of Urban Meyer in him, you know, 
with a more of a defensive mindset, but um, I don't think he has any interest in coming to college football. All right, Chris, set these guys straight. If Mike Vrabel is not on a NFL sideline come opening day, he's sitting there waiting. It's that simple. I, I do think that while he's out there interviewing, looking for the right fit, this is a guy who does not have to worry about money. He can sit out a year and not have to worry about not having food on his table. This guy's got more than enough money to deal with. Uh, I, I think that if the right opportunity in the NFL comes along, he's going to grab at it. I think if not, there's nothing wrong with sitting, waiting a year, and uh, you know if the opportunity presents itself, he comes back to Ohio State. David Gilmore, not a chance, brother. <laughs> no, no I, way. <laughs> I would forfeit my fandom if that happened. Ooh. And that would—that's hard. But I would. Ooh. I do not like Jimbo Fisher one single bit. He's terrible. Why Andrew, would you even mention that, man? That's ugh. Andrew. That's... We spent the first about thirty minutes talking about that one, brother. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, that, there's definitely some smoke there going on. Um, I got. I got to be honest with you guys. I understood that he interviewed. You cannot tell me that he does not deserve to be on an NFL sideline this year, Mike Vrabel, with what he did in Tennessee. Oh, he, he deserves does. it. That Absolutely. Is, that is one of the best 32 head football coaches in the NFL. Why did he not get those jobs? That's what I want to find out. If it's because he's kind of went into those interviews with kind of like a I really need a year. I need to take a year off type of feeling that the, these GMs were getting from him. Then one has to ask why. Well, I, I think ask why. It, real quick, I think GMs might be a little put off by him for what happened in Tennessee. He won a power struggle the year before this one. And uh, I forget the guy's name, but the, the GM got fired over it. Um, so there might be a little, I don't know, something there to it. All right, answer this question, then JR's got a roll. Vol Fanatic Show, good to see you guys tonight. Sorry I didn't make your live today. I was I had all kinds of stuff uh, my wife and I were working on this afternoon after church. I agree. I don't like Jimbo either, but do you think he would be an okay coordinator? I know he's a terrible head coach. I, I would not touch Jimbo Fisher with a 10-foot pole. I don't, I don't even care if he is not the special teams coordinator. No, I wouldn't touch that guy at all, in my opinion. That's me. Um, and yes, Dylan Kuhn, Urban perfected the Urban two-step down in Jacksonville. You guys know what the two-step is? He plants his left foot, and then his right his right foot has a swinging motion right into his kicker Just or whatever like player. Week, I set the ball on the tee. Aaron comes in and. Hold on. Nice, <laughs> nice job, buddy. Well done. Well done. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break and uh, JR is going to exit stage left. Uh, JR, what you talking about on your show tonight, my man? Oh, just big 10 basketball. We have a pretty well-known uh, social media guy, Ryan hammer. If anybody follows basketball, he's coming on tonight and uh, it'll be me and Kent with our normal shenanigans on Sunday night, probably talking Steven Izzo and, uh, other random college basketball. Not going to talk so. about that awesome Ohio State nine. No, I can. Ninth I have, consecutive I, loss. I have <laughs> purposely left them out of the uh, out of the rotation. I can't handle it anymore. Hey, I, it you can talk about me <laughs> talking about how terrible the team is, and I don't think people like hearing that. So <laughs> the Lady Buckeyes are awesome, though. They are. They're good. Yeah, yeah. they're right. They deserve. All right. I bet they can beat the guys. Probably. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with all of you. Have a good show, JR. Thanks. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right, guys. Second part of this show, we have got Frank with us again. Frank, tell everybody where they can find you and the great work that you do over at Scarlet and Game. Yeah, ScarletandGame.com. Uh, Eric and I and Ryan Santa, we're putting out 
uh, football articles every other day and uh, college basketball. Ryan's a good writer for, for basketball stuff and come check us out there. Absolutely. Frank's one of my favorite writers, not just tooting your horn, Frank, but I really do love reading your stuff, man. Uh, a lot of good stuff out there. And I love the fan perspective and man, you, you, you're tuned, you're tuned into the recruiting at Ohio state. So let's start there. Ohio state just landed another five-star. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Yeah. Um, another five-star cornerback. This is the first time under Ryan day where the defense is ahead of the offense in recruiting. And it is Epic. We now have it's official. Don't we have the top two cornerbacks in the cycle, yeah. Eric? First and second, the top two. And this is a year after getting Aaron Scott, uh, who was a top five cornerback from the state of Ohio as well. Um, there's, there, you know, here's the thing about Jim Knowles defense. You can take one of those corners and you can move him to the corner, uh, a, a nickel as a slot corner, and Boom, let's roll. So the fact he's bringing these guys in, it's official. We have the Brian Hartline recruiter on defense now. Okay? Legit. Tim Walton's amazing. Tim Walton is legit as a recruiter. That, in my opinion, tell me if I'm wrong, that's been Ryan Day's best hire as head coach. No doubt. Yes. Of the new ones? Yes, definitely. Well, if you think about who Ryan Day hired, Ryan Day did not hire Brian Hartline. Right. Yeah, he was already so, on the staff. Yeah, so he can't, can't yeah. he can't take credit for that one. Uh, nope. But this one he can. This one he can. Frank, dive into recruiting for us. What is going on? How is this happening? You know, explain to everybody what what you're hearing when it comes to the Ohio State recruiting. Like I said before, I think the 1870 Society's got a lot to do with it. I mean, Ryan Day and the Ohio State Football Administration have, have come together with uh, Jason over at Eleven Warriors, and they started this foundation, and it's it's working to perfection right now. Um, they're taking advantage of Nick Saban retiring, obviously. I mean, they pulled this kid offer today out of Alabama. Think about that. Sanchez, the other cornerback, 1A and 1B in cornerbacks this year. Sanchez is from Texas. Like, we went into the South and grabbed these guys. It's just like we, Tim Walton did this. It's amazing what those guys are doing on the defensive side of the ball. Like uh, you guys said earlier, um, when you guys were talking about my article with the the coach rankings um, or letter grades, Larry Johnson's got to step it up a little bit. You know, he only signed – three recruits uh, in the 24th cycle. Um, but if we get him going, I mean, this def- 25 defensive class could be one of the best we've ever seen. Um, and that's saying a lot. Yeah. What is it about Tim Walton you think that these guys love so much, man? By the way, if you're not following him on X, Tim yeah, Walton, great. he is a great follow, dude. You know what? The one thing I've really noticed that Tim Walton does excellent is that he he gets in the ears of the parents. Like he has those parents' ears, and he's getting to the kids that way. Um, and other than that, he's really relating. He's hitting all the high schools. He's he's active. Um, like you said, he's active on social media, and. I got this one wrong. I didn't. I had questions about him coming in, and I thought Perry Eliano was going to be the hot shot recruiter. And boy, were those flip flopped. I guess right. Yeah, he's Tim Walton is definitely doing things like we said. I, we can't say we haven't seen it before. We have. His name was Brian. His name's Brian Hartline. Um, can I get? Can I? Uh, have you heard anything? Have you heard this as well, Frank? And Chris, Aaron, have questions ready for Frank. Hey, you guys in the chat, you guys got questions for Frank. Now's the time to type those in uh, so that you can get your Ohio State questions answered from someone who's following the team and writes about them. Um, the way that this team is being constructed from recruiting, still, so we're st- we heard for years, Jim Knowles, this is a safety-driven defense. And we've seen the fruit of the labor, if you will, 
as the the defense has improved since Jim Knowles has got there. But with Jim Knowles' guys now coming in and the way these guys have came back off of this team, are you do you agree that we might see kind of a more creative style of defense from Jim Knowles in 2024? I hope so. He's got the talent for it, right? I mean, Caleb Downs coming in, Lathan Ransom, and what's his? It's going to be his fifth year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those safeties could be interchangeable, and he could do a lot with it. And the linebackers, too. I mean, Sonny Styles, you know, he might be the weak side linebacker, and Cody Simon's going to have the middle linebacker spot, CJ Hicks behind him. I mean, there's a lot of players that you could put in different spots and he could really have fun this year, you know, doing what he wants to do on defense. I just, I would love for him to be like <clears throat> CJ on one side and Sonny on the other. And he's just like, like playing chess with them. And, and the, the quarterback's literally pooping his pants. Like Aaron did when, when uh, Ryan day called him and seeing these two guys and just being like, dude, I, I don't know what to do. This is a great question here. Uh, from Bobby McCormick for you, Frank, is Taylor for sure out as Larry's understudy? Of course, the rumor was is that Ohio State was going after Jason Taylor down in Miami to bring him in as a defensive line coach so that when Larry stepped down, we would have that position filled. But no word yet that he's coming. Is that out of the – Is that are, are we done with that? I think so. I think I read yesterday um, somewhere that – it doesn't sound like he's going to be coming up north. I think he likes where he's at. And I'm not sure what the waiting game is right now on that last coaching spot. You know, I don't know if they're waiting for Jason Taylor to maybe change his mind or if there's somebody else on the defensive line side of things. Um, Laurenitis is, yeah, he's the obvious person to, to give that spot to and let him recruit. But I think they're holding out hope maybe that they could still – Get Jason Taylor, it, it doesn't sound like it's happening, though. No. Yeah. Uh, where uh, where was Tim Walton before he came to Ohio State? He was the defensive backs coach at Jacksonville, wasn't he? Jacksonville. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, fire away at Frank here while we got him. Okay, so as we have recently noticed, <laughs> that quarterback room's awfully stacked with guys in the same year. We got guys coming in behind them. And I'm not asking so much for a, I guess, prediction on what they're going to do, but what does that, how does all these guys transferring in, these two guys that we have, plus the commit, the guys that have committed, how does that make the quarterback room look? Are we going to see guys leave? Like, what, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, somebody's going to leave this spring, right? Um, whether it's Devin Brown or Lincoln Kynolds or, or somebody, um, I know 11 Warriors just put out their their depth chart, their, their uh, way too early depth chart, and they don't even have those two listed on their depth chart. They think they're both going to transfer in the spring. Wow. Um, and T- Tavian St. Clair is coming in next year. He's yep. – man, that guy is shooting up their recruiting rankings. He's going to be a five-star before it's all said and done. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely going to be some turnover in that room. And I think Ryan Day's just – throwing caution to the wind. I think he saw how this last year played out. I don't think he was happy with the talent in the room. And he, you know, he went out and he fixed it this offseason. I'll say. Uh, the only other question I have concerns the offensive line because obviously that is our biggest problem. We did go out and get, uh, I think it's Seth McLaughlin from Alabama. And I think we got a couple other guys commit what does the future look like there? What are we doing to fix that in the short term? Well, in the short term, I think Justin Fry is hoping that Montgomery, Luke Montgomery, takes that right tackle spot and makes it his own. I think that's going to be the best case scenario for everybody involved. And you could kick Josh Fryer down to guard and, and see what happens there. Um, Long term, they just got Carter Lowe out of Toledo, who's going to be a borderline four or five star player. Um, that's Justin Fry's biggest win to date. And, uh, hopefully he pans out cause they desperately need help. Uh, that, 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 the depth at the tackle position gets really thin 
quickly on this roster. Okay. That's all I have for questions. Chris? Yeah, Frank. Uh, you know, Aaron talked about the offensive line. Let's talk a, bit, a little bit about the defensive line now. You, you know, they've been pretty good uh, the last couple of years, but not been great. Not to the expectations, I think, we all had with uh, JT Tumalua and Jack Sawyer coming in. What are your expectations this year for what the defensive line is going to do? Seeing Jack Sawyer the last, what, four or five games of the season, yeah. boy, did he take off, right? So I think yeah. we're all hoping that that level of play continues and he puts it together for a full season. And that should help JT, right, on the other side of the ball. I think he was looking for somebody on the other side of the ball to, to kind of step up. And that should be a good tandem between the two, something we – thought was going to happen last year, but it should really come to fruition this year, I think. Um, and then we got to hope those two stay healthy because there's not a lot of depth behind them. There's Kenyatta Jackson and a few other players, but, you know, nobody Kayden, with a lot of playing time. Caden Curry. Caden yeah. Curry. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of unproven players, but they're talented. But I think, you know, Jack and JT saw the bulk of the reps last year, which was pretty – Odd for a Larry Johnson defensive coach line. He likes to rotate players a lot, and it didn't happen last year. So maybe we'll see some more of that this year. Well, you know, and you mentioned talented but unproven. That, that brings me to another room. That's the tight ends. How do you see the tight end situation shaking out this year as well? That's anybody's guess, right? I mean, I think G. Scott's a first man up. He's got talent. He's got the hands. He's hopefully got the route running ability of a receiver. He was brought in to play receiver and then they, they switched him over to the tight ends room. Um, this kid from OU, I don't know much about, you know, I, I heard he's a really good blocking tight end. Um, he had what 22 or 23 receptions last year at OU. So he could catch the ball a little bit. And then Jelani Thurman, the prized, you know, top 100 national player out of Georgia last year. He's got all the talent in the world. Um, is he ready in year two to, to take a leap. I think that's what the big question mark is. And maybe we'll find out come spring ball. Right. Frank, since you're a writer, I'm going to ask a writer this question. What are the biggest storylines heading into spring ball? I think you guys just touched on them. I think the offensive line has got to be number one, right? Right tackle. They got to figure that out. It's Josh Simmons going to stay at left tackle or are they going to switch him back to right tackle is more natural position. Then after that, it's, uh, you know, how are they going to divvy the snaps in the running back room? How's, you know, it, it will Howard's a starting quarterback, right? There's no debate there. You know, how's he going to look um, in the spring? And then it's just, uh, you know, seeing all that new talent wearing the, the silver helmet, right? Caleb Downs and, and players like that, Quinton Junction, Judkids. Um, let's see how those guys pan out in Columbus. Um, yeah, I, absolutely. These are all these are all great things. How hot is Ryan Day's seat? That's a that's what you wanted me to say, right? <laughs> it's hot, right? He, yeah, he can't hot. lose four. He can't lose four straight games in Michigan with this roster. I mean, this is. Them and Georgia are one A, one B, right? Right now, roster wise. Um, and Michigan, what, they're losing thirty players, lost half their coaching staff. He's not gonna survive a, a loss to Michigan, I don't think. Other than that, if he goes eleven and one, makes the college football playoffs, he should be safe. I was having a debate with a fan on X, which is always always <laughs> something that you should not do. <laughs> I was gonna say I thought you knew better. We all gotta learn that one, right? Yeah, but I got the guy to the to admit the only way Ryan Day could lose to that team up north in 2024 and still retain his job is if he were to make the college football playoff and then win the national gotta championship. Win it. Yes, he'd have to win it. It's the only way. So. And, you know, it's kind of sad to think that the season boils down to one game. And then they still may think about it, Eric. Even after a national championship? Hey, you can't lose to Michigan four times in a row. Man, what kind of drugs they got in Marion? 
Hey, I'm not well, saying that, I'm not saying that they should get rid of him at that point. I'm just saying there would still be an argument. For there was Michigan. I don't know there if was, it's drugs he's on or drugs he needs to be on, but you win a natty, you're good. You're good. It doesn't matter. Be. But um, yeah, what if anything should Ryan Day change now that we have Oregon, USC? UCLA and Washington in the Big Ten. I don't know if he has to change per se. I mean, I think he tried to make his change with Bill O'Brien taking over playing calling, right? Um, and he really went hardcore this offseason. He knows his another loss of Michigan, he's out, right? So he he's strong caution to the wind. He's doing everything he, thing he can in his power this offseason to put the best possible roster out on game day against Oregon, against USC, against Michigan. And from there, hopefully he's learned from his mistakes. You know, um, I think that in-game decisions are something that has cost him, especially last season in the Michigan game. And, you know, if they decide to bring in, if Bill stays, you know, I think that helps alleviate a lot of that. And if he goes, they're gonna have to find somebody to, to step in and help him in, on game day decisions. Bobby McCormick, uh, he like he that. he and Chris go to the same. They must they must uh, belly up at the same bar here. There's no chance we lose to Michigan this year for one. If we do, he's fired after the game, so he couldn't win the Natty anyway. So that's, <laughs> that's Bobby McCormick's thinking there. Um, all right, Mark Swick, something in that water. <laughs> all right, Brian Oberst has a question for you, Frank. How much longer do you think Larry Johnson will coach? I think he's got at least two more seasons in him. Um, I think they're really holding out on this last coaching spot for that transitional type coach, like a Jason Taylor or whoever it might be. Um, I think the writing's on the wall, and within the next two years, he's probably going to retire. I think this is the year. Um, I, I Yeah, I have a theory that the reason we were able to get JTT when we did after we already had Sawyer was in that class was he promised JT's family he would be here until he went to the NFL. And the fact that they're both coming back for one more year meant he's coming back for one more year. And that would align with them waiting on this last spot, right? I mean, they're – if it's not if James Laurinaitis hasn't been announced by now, I, I think they're holding out hope that somebody might take that that second defensive line coaching spot. Yeah, it, it does seem like there's definitely something there. Yes, Chris. And, and sorry, Bobby, but Vrabel's not going to come in to be the defensive line coach. <laughs> no, no, he's above that. <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely. Yep. Ryan Wickerham's in the house. He says he wins this year and hangs 60 points on Ishkin. Uh, I That's possible. Just don't say that you're going to hang 100. <laughs> Unless heard, you're going to do it. I've heard people talking about it. You know I do want to see if we're up big, he goes for two. Amaj, Amaj Woody Hayes, you know. Just, I want to see that. I would, yeah, absolutely. Hey. And, I would, and I would rub it in their faces if we got it all the time. Like I would, I, we would have shirts made the next day. We went for two on you. Like we would, I like it's just, I would rub their face in it all the time. Love it. Um, it, Will Buck is James going, is James Laurinaitis going to get co the coaching position? Think he's doing a great job recruiting. Also, he says, what do you think? Uh, like I said, I think they're kind of torn right now. I think Laurinaitis is the obvious pick and I would, definitely choose him to, to be that last coach. Um, but there's, it's February 5th. I mean, was it the fourth? They're something they're waiting on something. I don't know what, I don't know what it is, you know? Yeah. Brian Oberst, do you think Dallas Hayden transfers out after spring ball? I hope not. I like Dallin a lot. Yeah. yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I hope not. I hope you're right, Frank. All right, guys. Uh, again, Frank, tell everybody where they can follow your work, man. One, I think I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be. This is not me blowing smoke up your butt, Frank. 
I think you're the best writer out there. I really do. Um, you're okay. Okay, you're you're a close second. <laughs> you're a close second. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, you really are. You're you're a great writer, dude. Um, I don't have a ton of respect for a lot of the guys on the beat. I don't, especially with their question asking after games. It's so wishy washy. Doug Lay Maurice is probably one of the best writers I've ever I've had ever had the privilege of reading. Frank, you're 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 right after Doug Lay Maurice. So you can't on, put man. me and him in the same sentence. That's, no, I I, I just what did. I just did. Well, who yes. else are you? Who, who else is better than you, Frank? Come on. No, buddy. <laughs> Who's got it better than Frank? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh thank you so, man. i appreciate that 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 means a lot you're tell, i think your stuff is awesome too you've been an asset to the website you really no, have been that's nah, not man it's <laughs> oh shoot i right, got one her... last one last oh, go question for, i'm sorry go for it. yeah no go for it Aaron. what are your thoughts as a writer on the oxford comma <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I didn't go, I didn't go to I'm journalism school. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> Where can we well, find uh, you, man? Scarletandgame.com, guys. Scarletandgame.com. Check him out. Uh, Frank, best writer there, in my opinion. Bobby McCormick's got a t-shirt idea for us. We are the couldn't go for three, so screw blue. We went for two. Yes! Love it! Bobby McCormick. Write that down. That's a good one, man. Love that one. That is awesome, Bobby. I'm going to write that down. Uh, we do have new t-shirts coming. They're on their way, so be on the lookout. You will be able to sign up for a membership with the OHIO podcast on YouTube. You're going to get a free t-shirt for that. You're also going to get access to our Discord channel as well. So you'll be able to interact with Aaron, Chris, and myself on a daily. Uh, so you're going to want to make sure you sign up for that membership when it comes available here on YouTube in just a few weeks. Those t-shirts should be arriving. They have our new logo on it and uh, looks uh, looks really good. I um, can't wait for that. Um, also be on the lookout for a lot of big things coming down the pike, but in the immediate Aaron and I, we're going to bust out some more um, some more uh, video reviews, highlight video reviews for you guys. You guys love them. Now that we got two five-star defensive backs to take a look at, Aaron, I think we need to bust those out so everybody can can uh, uh, just, uh, uh, I guess, salivate over the five-star talent that's coming into Ohio State. So we'll be doing that. Plus, JR and I are going to be doing a big Big Ten SEC what's going on behind the scenes um video for all of you this week so be on the lookout for that guys frank it's been awesome having you on man we really do appreciate the good work you do until next time guys be kind to one another i owe someone's oh in carmen ohio with all your heart oh i owe go bucks